This is Soccer Tonight. I'm Dave Denholm, and you are listening to ESPN LA 710. Oh, so much to get to as the World Cup is winding down. You don't see it, but a little tear is running out of my right eye, down my right cheek, as the World Cup gets closer to being done. But that means we're closer to getting a champion after the semifinals, game one of the semis, took place in St. Petersburg earlier today. France move on to another final. Remember the old Zinedine Zidane days where they won at home in 1998. France are into the final again. They defeated Belgium 1-0 in a game that was way more interesting than the scoreline would indicate. In fact, there are a couple of monster saves by the keepers in that one, especially Hugo Lloris for France. He had a magnificent game. They beat the Belgians 1-0. Belgium will move on to the third-place game which has just got to be a tough one. It's got to be a tough one to get up for. I'm sorry. Just uh, the third-place game. And uh, they will take on the loser of Croatia, England, of course, the winner of that game coming up tomorrow at Luzhniki Stadium in Moscow. They go on to play France in the final. So let's just take a look at this. 1-0 on the uh, Umtiti goal, a great goal on a, and a, another set piece. People have been talking about set pieces, and it's hard to break. I heard some people talking about how it's hard to break defenses down. You know, some of that is these guys don't play together all the time offensively either, you know, and it can be trickier trying to work together. Now, they've been together for a while now, like last month and a half or so, roughly. So, obviously, there's some familiarity, but it's not like your club situation where it's Lionel Messi playing with the five guys he wants to play with and they're all clicking all the time every game. This is different. So the offenses here were battling against some pretty darn good defenses too. And Golo Conte... Absolutely excellent game. Certainly the defense of France. Pavard has been a revelation on that right wing. Paul Pogba's great. But you do have to also talk about Blaise Matuidi. Killing Mbappe had a magnificent game. Alpha Giroud was very workmanlike. You know, he, Olivier Giroud is not everybody's cup of tea. First of all, he looks a little like Zach Afron. But there, I said it. Second of all, the guy's good. And he battles and he works. And he makes the other team have to work defensively. Antoine Griezmann had a nice game, certainly had a great cross in on that corner kick where Samuel Umtiti got the game-winning goal. But really, it was defensively for France with Hugo Lloris in goal and the defense in front of him. They just really stifled Belgium. If you really watch that game, which obviously we all did, you just didn't get the feel that Belgium was in any kind of rhythm virtually at all. Now, they had a few chances. Again, Lloris made some magnificent plays or saves off a couple of plays. Without a doubt. I mean, this game could have easily been 2-1 Belgium, right? I mean, that's just the way it is. These two teams are very evenly matched. This was not some blowout. This was not like, oh, France is so much better than Belgium. Holy cow. I mean, Belgium tomorrow, if the two teams played again, could win easily, right? I mean, it's just there's nothing separating these teams other than today a goal in the 51st minute. That's it. They're very evenly matched. So, I mean, it wasn't like Belgium played horrific football or, boy, they were just overrun. But to, to the credit of France, they got the job done defensively against a team that hadn't been stopped, right? And, that, that, and Belgium was running over everyone, and including Brazil. So full credit to France. They fully deserve go, to go to the final. If you're going to beat a team like Belgium and you're going to shut out Belgium, you absolutely deserve everything you get. And they really held the key players down for Belgium. And I'm not sitting here telling you that these guys are bad players or anything. Where was De Bruyne today? Where was Lukaku? That is a testament to France, not a detriment to Lukaku and, and De Bruyne. Those guys were out there hustling. They were working. It's just France had a great game plan against them and really choked the ball off and wouldn't allow Lukaku to get the ball. 
So there was very little Romelu Lukaku was going to do to change this game, realistically. I thought Chadley, who had had a good tournament, didn't quite get going. You know, there's a couple, certainly guys who didn't really play great by any means for Belgium, and it just wasn't their day. Full credit to uh, Le Bleu, right? Le Bleu just had a great game. France knew what they wanted to do. This not, I thought it was going to be like a 2-1 affair. I was wrong because Didier Deschamps knew he had to stop Belgium's offense. He really had to play for that 1-0. And that's what they did. And, and and it wasn't like it wasn't an open game. This Again, goals could have been scored. But in fairness, you've got two of the better keepers in the world. You know they're going to make good saves. Thibaut Courtois is fantastic. As we mentioned, Loris had a great game. He's a great goalkeeper. So it was nip and tuck. But N'Golo Kante was fan, fan, just absolutely out of this world. Full credit to him. And though it didn't show up on a score sheet, Kylian Mbappe, wow. I mean, this guy is just unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Uh, the, the talent this 19-year-old is, has on display in the biggest stage. Like, right? What if this kid wins a World Cup at 19 and is a big part of it? He has been a huge part of it. This is like Pelé-like. I know Pelé was, what, 17 or whatever? But it, it, this is absolutely otherworldly out of Kylian Mbappe. And, it, of course, he's getting a lot of help. He's got a lot of good help and a lot of good teammates not the least of which is N'Golo Kante. So we shall see. Certainly, well, I won't say certainly, but a lot of people felt like this was the... I had actually read a tweet, and I wish I could say who it was. I apologize. But somebody had tweeted out that this was, if you want to compare it to basketball, this is like the Western Conference Final, right? For the people who don't know soccer in America, this is like Golden State versus Houston. The winner of this one's probably going to win the final. And that's where everybody felt coming in. But I'm not so sure on that. And I'll tell you why. This is a French team that doesn't mind winning 1-0. Okay, that's great. Except for when somebody punches you in the nose. And this is a French team that is going to be tough to break down, realistically, for either Croatia or England, whoever wins the game tomorrow. We certainly will be talking a lot about that coming up. But this is a French team that is going to be hard to break down. If you do score on them, though, they're not beating you 5-1. They're not winning 4-1. That's not how they play. Now, they have talent, and I guess if a game got out of hand, they could theoretically go. It's far more likely that Belgium was going to be the team to do that in, in, a, in a World Cup final, like maybe even win 3-0 potentially or something like that. I think France is going to keep the final nip and tuck as well. So that gives Croatia and England certainly a fighter's chance. And, oh, by the way, those two teams are very good. We've got four of the best teams in the world. This is not, there's no joke getting here. You don't make the World Cup final on a fluke or the semifinals. These teams are fully deserving, loaded with talent, loaded with stars, and it's just a great way to end this tournament. France deserved to move on. There's no, nobody's going to sit here and tell you, oh, Belgium just got robbed or boy, this was, this was a terrible uh, uh, miscarriage of justice or anything. No, Belgium just didn't quite have enough. And France deserves to move on. And I like France. I really do. I like the team they have. You know, Paul Pogba, to me, has always been a bit of a mystery wrapped in an enigma set forth in a riddle. I am not as high on Paul Pogba as other people, including uh, Mike Trudell, who was hosting this show for a long time here, Soccer Tonight here on ESPN LA 710 and the ESPN app. And Mike really loves Pogba. I think it's the obviously the Man United connection. I've never been that high on Pogba. And when I say that high, I don't mean that I don't like him. I just mean I think everybody else has kind of overrated him a little bit over the years. I still think he's a really good player, 
and has unbelievable skills and at times can take over. I'm not saying he's a bad player by any means. I just didn't quite put him in that world. Well, he had a nice game, and he's had a nice tournament. And I think he's. I, I think Paul Pogba actually has to take it to another level for the final. Of course, Griezmann, Mbappe, Matuidi, uh, Giroud, these are great players. They're going to be fine. Don't get me wrong. Pogba doesn't have to do it all, and Conte behind him really helps. But I think if he does take it to the next level, France will win, regardless of their opponent. If Pogba has a great game coming up on the 15th, Sunday, in that final, France can't lose against either Croatia or England. Now, if Pogba doesn't have the greatest of games, or if he's just okay, then the door's open. It's that simple. Again, you're going to get a lot out of Mbappe and Griezmann, but you're always going to get that. Those guys are great. Pogba is an enigma to me. He really he could be the best player in the world at times. He is that talented. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying he's not talented. I just don't see it enough out of him. You see the talent, but it's it's the consistency that I want to see more out of. Hey, if you want to continue the conversation as we have, as always, it's on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. You, you can definitely do that, of course. By the way, programming note, two shows tomorrow. Of course, we're going to have Soccer Weekly, our usual Wednesday night, 7 to 8 p.m. Pacific. And then at 8 o'clock, Till 9 o'clock, yes, we're breaking down Croatia, England, and then talking about the final on soccer tonight. So two action-packed hours tomorrow beginning at 7 p.m. as well. Same time here on ESPN LA. So tonight, it's soccer tonight. Tomorrow, it's soccer weekly and soccer tonight here on the, the home of world football in Southern California. So we're having a great time with this. France move on 1-0 over Belgium. And, you know, every game when it ends, it's kind of like when I do these shows with Mike Trudell and when we've been doing these, every game or every time a show ends, you know you're getting closer to this whole thing ending. And that is, oh, there's just, I'm like, I'm rubbing my fingers together like at the edge of like, oh, I wish. It's the feeling of this World Cup. It's right there. It's been so amazing. And look, I am a soccer diehard. You know that. And so are you if you're listening in all likelihood. But even if you're not, if if you just like good radio, you know I'm like, on the edge of my seat for all this. I'm a diehard. It hurts as the World Cup gets closer to ending. As much as I love it, and of course I wouldn't have it any other way, I can't wait for the final on Sunday. And yet in the back of your head, it's kind of like, ugh, this has been such a magnificent. That's how you know the tournament has been truly outstanding because you just do not want it to end. I've had conversations on Twitter with people, at Talk Soccer is where I'm living. Uh, By the way, if you want to follow Mike Trudell, who's been hosting the show as well, it's at Mike Trudell at ESPN Los Angeles for the station. You know, the conversation going there, too, same thing. People are like, oh, it's so great, and you don't want to like look too far ahead, but you're like, I don't want it to end. Unbelievable. That's how you know it's been spectacular. And France, again, fully deserving. We will continue to break this down, absolutely, as we continue here on the show. Coming up, Casey Keller from ESPN FC will join me. This is Soccer Tonight. I am Dave Denholm, and you are listening to the home of world football in Southern California, ESPN LA and the ESPN app. Griezmann with the corner, kicking Titi arriving on the near post. There's the breakthrough. It's Samuel Titi for France. And France now can sniff the World Cup final. 
Sound courtesy FIFA TV. This is Soccer Tonight. I am Dave Denholm hanging out with you here on ESPN LA 710. Joined by host of this show as well, Mike Trudell, who's, of course, due off doing his Laker duty. Mike, uh, always a pleasure, buddy. Uh, good to talk to you as we wind this thing down. Let's get right to it, Mike. Your thoughts on France's big win in the semi against a very tough Belgian side. Oh, man, Dave, I was so excited for this game, and uh, I, I really felt like it delivered. You know, there so much skill on the pitch, man, between those yeah. teams. You know, a little bit like Brazil uh, in Belgium in that contest as well. And, and just France, the, the quality that they had, you know, going forward, you know, even against a, a really stiff Belgium uh, defense. And, and, you know, as I say that, Belgium at times, I guess they, they were a little bit vulnerable, as Brazil showed last week in France at times. But just really a, a solid group, and I was very uh, impressed and pleased with how they played. And, man, I'm, I'm kind of hoping just personally for England to win. I think that would be a fun final uh, to have that that group but it's not oh. like croatia uh, wouldn't be fun either so let's not get ahead of ourselves just we'll break that down with you yeah, yeah we'll, we'll break yeah. that down with you coming up here that game is going to be exciting too no doubt but you know mike the thing i loved about this match too you, you talked about it all the skill is on display everybody played well it wasn't like one team flopped or another team, you know, there was controversy, or, oh, they missed right. this call, right. or that call. or that. It was just a great football match, and France just happened to win, right? Like like I said earlier in the show, tomorrow Belgium might have gotten the goal on a set piece and beaten France one. But there's not much separating these two sides. No, that, you know what, that's a great way to put it. And it's in contrast to sort of like the Columbia-England game, nowhere. It was just, there, you know, I don't know, it wasn't embarrassing, but just the way that they played uh, wasn't was a little bit more cynical. In this case, much more fun to watch. Uh, very smooth, you know, both sides uh, really played hard, really played fluidly, a lot of passing, a lot of moving, uh, a lot of unselfish play. And I think you put it a, a good way, Dave, and France happened, you know, to get the, to get the break uh, really on that goal, which, you know, Belgium had a, a ton of corners, and I, I thought France defended them so well. And they didn't get, they didn't like Company or Fellaini or one of these guys, or Lukaku, run onto a ball, and yeah. it just happened to be that near-post run from Umtiti uh, that was the difference, man. And, you know, so congrats to them. It was, they certainly deserved it. Yeah, you know, and that's another thing, too. It's like, as I we talked about a little bit earlier here on the show, like, yeah, De Bruyne and, and Lukaku and Dries Mertens, they didn't get going, but that was because of France, really, I thought. You know, Mike, it's like, again, Belgium did all they could. They You know, they didn't play badly. It's just I thought Conte was incredible. And, and yeah. Pogba obviously had a lot of good moments. I know you're really high on Pogba, and he's he's obviously a great talent. And they France just they just deserved it, and, and, and that's a that was a kind of a, not refreshing because this tournament's been incredible anyway. But it it's just fun because there's no like negative. There's no negative about that match for me anyway. I, obviously, if you're a Belgian fan, you're going to be hurt about it, and it sucks. But you know, you get, you got to hold your head up, and it's just we're moving on now. I hope it's the exact same thing, Mike, with Croatia, England. Let's just go play some good football, see who wins. Uh, the thing about it is, it, are you buying into like the Croatia's played sixty extra minutes, and that could affect them, kind of thing? That's been that's been kind of the story going into this match. I mean, I, I'm a little bit right because we're we're at the point where these teams are so close that yeah. something like that <laughs> can make at least a bit of a difference. I don't know. Yeah. If it's, I don't think it's going to determine who wins the game, but I think that England would certainly prefer the fact that they played two extra sessions uh, and really got exhausted, you know, by that Russia squad. 
And to your earlier point, I also have am optimistic for the way that the style of this game is going to be because you know Croatia doesn't play that cynical of a, of a game, and we know that England hasn't. Um, it, it seemed like they were trying not to get drawn into what Colombia uh, was doing. So I expect it to be a little bit similar to Belgium France in that context, and, and it, the difference very well may, may be you know does Harry Kane get his his head on the ball the right way? You know does Modric break through the defense at the right time? It's, it's gonna it's gonna be a game of inches, uh, and you know I'm gonna pick England, um, but it's, I, I'm not. Super confident in that. Like I would be absolutely not surprised if Croatia finds a way. Yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't agree. I wouldn't disagree. I'm going to go with Croatia, but not. I mean, again, this is a virtual coin flip. I do think it comes down to who holds up defensively, and that's where I think it, uh, one of the guys who the spotlight's going to be on is Dejan Lovren because obviously he's well-known by all the English players, <laughs> as they all play in the same league as Lovren, and sure. some of them, in fact, are teammates. I think Lovren has actually held up very well in this tournament, which, I'll be honest with you, Mike, he's not my favorite defender in the world. Like, in terms of, I, I think he's a perfectly fine guy, but I don't, I, like, I don't rate him that spectacularly, frankly. I know a lot of people love Liverpool, and they overrate their players some, but... I don't think Lovren is is necessarily like a guy that I'm going to rely on for seven straight games. Now he's held up yeah. so far, but I just think yeah. that England might be able to get to him. That's my one concern about picking Croatia. But I do love, I do love the midfield battle for Croatia. I really do. I and you don't have to talk about the names. We all know them: Kovacic, Modric, Rakitic. I mean, I think they could dominate the midfield tomorrow. Well, so the, I think that before the tournament started, uh, for those of us that watch a lot of English Premier League and are certainly familiar with all these English players, we thought, well, I don't know if they have that one number 10 you know, player in the middle to really set up chances for everybody. And that was kind of the knock on them and the reason why many of us picked you know, Spain uh, and you know, France, Brazil, Germany even uh, to get to that Final Four. But what they've shown is that they've had sort of several guys be able to create uh, for, for themselves. And they, they just move as this nice, compact unit up and down the field, uh, I, so I've actually I was I've been I've been pleasantly surprised with England not having a Modric as you mentioned or a Rakitic and, and not really seeming to be the worst for it. Uh, the question is though, as they go against one of the best central midfield duos, uh, is if, if that will be exposed a little bit more. And, and so that would be I suppose part of your argument if you think Croatia is going to be able to control the midfield and therefore win the game. Um, I just feel like England they're so deadly on set pieces. They've got they've got better overall striking talent in my opinion, and their That's backs are right. really good, man. Those, are, those backs come up, they get in on that corner. They can make plays and McGuire and uh, and Stone. So I, I'm that's why I like England just a tad more. Yeah, my biggest fear is Lovren, but it's also Harry Kane going up against that defense because they. I, I love Mandzukic. He's a worker, and don't get me wrong. I mean, it's not like Croatia doesn't have forward talent, but I think you're right. I think England does have the better of it. And hey, when you got to put the ball in the back of the net, and Harry Kane is is plenty good. He's about as good as he gets right now. Uh, For sure. Any advantage in the coaching? Uh, I mean, I think Dalic is one of the best for Croatia, but I, I do I do have to give Gareth Southgate a lot of credit. I, I picked England to go to the semis. They're the only team I have in the semis. Right now. I mean, and yet I had them losing in the semifinal, and I'm gonna pick Croatia. Yeah, it's like but, yeah, right. Cause that was the funny thing. So I picked. So I you picked Switzerland uh, to beat Sweden when I picked Sweden. So I, I yep. caught you in there. And then even though you you brilliantly selected England into the into the semifinals, you for some reason went back on yourself. Yep. Probably uh, probably just being mad at me um, about Sweden beating Switzerland and went the other way. So I was confused then. Home. I mean, where where do your loyalties actually lie here? Well, because you know, as the tournament, as you know, as it shakes out, you start to see different matchups. It's all about matchups, Mike, in pro sports. True, true, true. Whether it's soccer or basketball or the NFL, it's all about matchups. And as I did my brackets, you know how it is. You pick a team to finish first, they come in second. It changes the whole 
you know, the whole stinking thing, quite frankly. I actually had England beating Germany, who I thought was a little overrated, in the quarterfinals in that side of the bracket, which, you know, that's I right. thought yeah, yeah. I, I really thought would happen, you know, and genuinely. But then again, then I thought Sweden, you know, was kind of that tough team. But boy, England impressed me in that game. There's no doubt about it. I mean, yeah, well, fully deserves to get to, to be your, here. your question about the coaching. So I've been super impressed, like everybody, with Gareth Southgate, and just the you know the penalty shootout. Uh, that was one thing that's kind of an obvious area where you can yeah. see that they had the coach's mentality. He, was, of course, he famously missed um, back in the '90s uh, the fifth. Or actually, it might have even been the sixth penalty after after like all six of the opposing uh, players hit hit one. He was the first guy to miss, and so he carried that for all these years as part of this, this England legacy. But I've just found it to more be the just the over the you can tell the way that the players play together, and I I always give the coach at least some credit for that. Right, the, yeah. it's not just the talent; it's about the cohesion, it's about the belief, it's about fighting for each other. And to me, that's where in, in the sport like soccer, that's where the coach comes into play. That's one, and then two. All of the set plays that they've had, and they've scored however many goals off of, you know that a lot. We, we've all read the stories, uh, Dave, about you know how he went and watched uh, NBA games, right? Yep. Uh, figured Super out how to Bowl. get his players into space. Yeah. You know, so so that has been working brilliantly too, man. So it's a, to me, he's right up there for the coach of the tournament. Uh, and you know, the only other thing I was thinking was maybe Thierry Henry would like to come coach Team USA, but that's, that's a different thing. <laughs> Oh my goodness, boy! The rumors are flying out there. there. There's rumors that Jorge Sampaoli has been approached by the U.S. I don't, you know, I don't know if I buy that, but I mean, that would seem yeah, so. Yeah, Juan Carlos Osorio, right? Yeah, U.S. soccer. It would seem so appropriate that you would get the dude who underachieved with Argentina to come coach U.S. So, yeah, that's a brilliant move, right? That seems like us. No, that that can't. No, I'm I'm, I'm going to put my body in front of that one. Yeah, no, yeah, we don't want that. Mike, I'll take one wherever I have to take it from short range to make sure that doesn't <laughs> yeah, happen. Exactly. I 100 percent agree. So you're picking England. I, you know, again, this is a coin flip. Either you know, I'm picking Croatia, but of course, I yeah. have no doubt that England could certainly win. Do you do you think it comes down to maybe you know today Umtiti, of course. Not known for scoring, although he's a fine header of the football, no doubt. He's the one who gets the goal on the set pieces. There's been a lot of talk about set pieces. Do you think it goes that route in a way? Is this a, is this another nip-tuck 1-0, or what are we seeing out of this game? I, I think it's a close game. And, and if So the reason I picked England is if uh, if it comes down to a, a matter of, you know, of just creating chances based on either set pieces or corners, I think yeah. England's better there. They're, they're a yeah. little bigger. Uh, they're a little bit more technical, at least in that sense. So... Yeah, that, that to me is one of the differences. You know, Croatia might be able to create a few more chances out of open play thanks to that midfield, but I, I just think that England makes up for it, you know, by, by creating the, the better chances, you know, with the players that they have and their two backs and Harry Kane. And that's not to mention somebody like, uh, like Sterling, who we haven't really heard much from, right? He's, 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 he should have a moment of brilliance in him, right? At some point of the World yeah. Cup. You know, so something like that, I feel like could happen too for England when they've got some players that haven't, haven't popped yet and are kind of just sitting there and wait. Yes, Sterling's having one of those, man, he does everything right until he finishes, and it's weird because he's actually helped the team a lot, I think. I don't think there's any doubt Southgate's going to go with him in this match, though there's been rumblings that maybe he shouldn't start him in this. I don't think you screw around with it right now, Mike, obviously. That's kind of like put your best right. your best 11 out there that have been winning, certainly. But, I mean, it is also the case. This is kind of like the Game 7 in the in Major League Baseball playoffs. All hands on deck. If it ain't working, you can't wait 65 minutes to figure that out. You right. know, it's like yeah, that's you, true. these are kind of For games sure. where you might see that 30-minute sub, as crazy as it sounds. You know, we have seen that deep in tournaments before. Mike, you got to get back 
to you got to stay cool. You got to get back to work. I appreciate the time, and it's been so much fun, dude. Uh, of course, we'll continue to check in. We've got the, of course, the semifinal tomorrow between Croatia and England that Mike's talking about, and then we've got the final yeah. on Sunday. Always a pleasure, Mike Trudell. Love you, brother. Thanks so much for coming on, man. All right, you too, buddy. We'll talk to you. You bet. Still to come, we'll be talking more on the uh, final. Look, I get. Dig a little deeper with my prediction on this game as Croatia takes on England. I've got Croatia winning this one. We'll dig a little further into that one. Also get a, a thought or two from the great Mario Rees. That's still to come here. Soccer tonight. Dave Dunholm and you on ESPN LA 710. And it is over. Allez les Bleus all the way to the World Cup final. Brave Belgium eliminated. That's the great Ian Dark. Sound courtesy of FIFA TV. This is Soccer Tonight on ESPN LA 710. I'm Dave Home hanging out with you here on the home of world football in Southern California. And pleased to be joined again by one of the greats in American football history. He is a goalkeeper, Casey Keller, from ESPN FC and ESPN. Casey, thanks so much for taking the time. My pleasure. Casey, uh, you know, you had me you had me really intrigued by something you talked about on ESPN FC last week. And that great show, which I love to watch, and you were you guys were breaking down the World Cup and kind of talking about it in general with the with the panel, and you had a great point about how now that the stars, those the the big stars that kind of take the life out of the room if they're not a part of something, now that they were knocked out, this tournament kind of got turned on its head to be more team oriented. Could you talk a little bit more about that? I thought it was a great point. Well, I think what happens is is so much in in just sports in general now. It's it's. There's not as much emphasis on just how well the team plays. Everything is just focused on me, 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 and hey, look, you know, go to a basketball game. Oh, look, LeBron scored 42 points. Yeah, but they got beat by 30. <laughs> I mean, what, what, what about you scored 20 and that helped your team actually win the game? And I think what's happened now in this World Cup is we've seen the team succeed that are actually teams that aren't just trying to focus all on one player or, or, uh, or a handful of players that just what needs to be done. And I think if you watch today's match, I thought both teams played extremely well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and take, uh, let's focus on Pogba, for example. Pogba comes into this tournament kind of supposed to be this, you know, superstar who's going to do this and going to do that. And in the end, he does whatever the team needs today. Yeah to get themselves into a World Cup final. It wasn't about him scoring. It wasn't about him getting in into positions to score. If he needed to track Fellaini back into the box and challenge for every ball, if he needed to block somebody off, if he just needed to make a blocking tackle, whatever it was, he did what the team needed today to be successful. And I think if we get more into a situation where, where, where stars – understand that you're always going to be a better player on a better team if you're bringing your teammates into the fold. If you're making your teammates better, that'll only highlight yourself more. And it's been it's been really refreshing to watch in this yeah. World Cup where where players have have kind of taken a step back and said, "No, I don't have to be the center of attention." As long as our team wins and is successful, that's what's most important. And that's exactly why I wanted to bring up the point you made on ESPN FC what, a little less than a week ago is because of France today. It's so great that you pulled it right back to that because, Casey, I, can't, I don't look at France today and think, well, this guy or that guy did so, so much of everything. You're right. It was a team effort. Guys like N'Golo Kante, 
He's never going to get a lot no. of you know love or anything, but he's one of the best players. He, in the he, world. I'll tell you where he does get love. He gets love from every teammate he's ever played for. That's <laughs> exactly. where he gets the love. He's a, because he's he does the, the work that 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 nobody else on the field can do. Yeah, and he was brilliant. But it's like he he, he doesn't care. He's not out for. He's not going to get right. fifteen goals and you know by any means. That's not right. His job. Exactly. So, and you know that's what I love about this team. I, you know, certainly, as you said, full credit to Belgium. I thought it was a great game, no doubt. But you know, France just deserved it, and I, that's why I wanted to start with that, Casey. I do want to ask you. I asked Eric Winalda this last week, and I think it's something that I want to ask because there's just so few of you guys. That what does it feel like to play in a World Cup? <laughs> um, it's really funny. I mean, I remember playing my first match in in, in a World Cup, and you know, there's. You, you've, you've put so much work into it, you know, and when you're in CONCACAF, you're playing 16, 18 matches to get there over yeah. a two-year period, and then you've got the six months of, of build-up before the World Cup, after you've qualified, and, you know, you get in that first World Cup match, and you're kind of, at least it was for me, the first 20 minutes, you're just thinking, oh, my God, what is this? And then actually, there was one point when I realized, wait a minute. I'm not doing exactly the same thing I do in every match. Yeah. It just happens to be in a World Cup. So there is some something in your head knowing that it's it's bigger than anything maybe you've been a part of before, but then at the same time, you're still doing exactly all the same things. Yeah. And I think for me, you know, after watching you know some of the goalkeeping errors that we saw in, in this tournament and I've been pretty fortunate through my career that I never had one of those marquee moment errors in a cup final, in a in a decisive World Cup qualifier, in a World Cup match. You know, yeah, I mean, there's times when you know you can't come up with the big save, and that's frustrating. But you didn't have that ball go through your legs or through your hands or, you know, something like that where you're just sitting there and, and it's just, you know, it's remembered for the rest of your life and your career is, is, is focused on that one event. And sure, so sure. for that as a goalkeeper, I'm very fortunate. Well, you mentioned goalkeeping. Of course, why not? If we're talking with Casey Keller, one of the best to ever play the position, I do want to, I do want to stress how great Thibaut Courtois and Hugo Lloris, I mean, Lloris with, couple of saves casey that were just out of this world today well and, and, and you and take nothing away from the saves that coach all made as well yeah. at the end of the match the only problem was they were down one nil oh, you know to nil, keep yeah. it at one nil but <laughs> reverse if he had made those two saves and belgium was up one nil it would have been phenomenal i mean it's really a case of you know as a goalkeeper so often and you, you know you talk about Lloris and Lloris really made two saves in the match one of them that you know he should have saved that was the one late like in the 81st minute something like that but what he did do is he recognized where Mertens was in in anticipation of a rebound and he put the ball somewhere where where there was no chance of a rebound uh, the first save at nil nil early in the match it's a completely different match it's Adderald scores that that goal at that stage, you know, this game is, is completely different. So when you can come up with key saves at key moments of a match, you're just you, very rarely you're going to have a match where you're, where you're making 10, 12 saves and you make the difference in a game. More often than not, it's can you come up with that one or two key saves at key times of a match and help your team get a result. And there was a lot of, uh, question mark on Larice coming in the tournament. He was he didn't have a great season for his standards for Tottenham Hotspur. 
He wasn't in great form in the warm-up games before the tournament, but he rose to the occasion in this World Cup, and he's performed tremendously well in this this run that France is on to, to make it to the to the World Cup final. No doubt. He's going to have to have another big game, without a doubt. And we look at it, and, you know, Casey, it's funny because I, I have enjoyed the heck out of hearing Tony Miola call the games for Fox. I've worked with Tony doing games when he analyzes them. I've talked a lot with Brad Friedel about this kind of thing. Brad was never a goalkeeper coach, quote-unquote. Now he's doing a great job with New England. You always break down the game for ESPN and ESPN FC in a, in a, in a unique way. What is it about goalkeepers as they look around the pitch like you guys see the game you know what i mean like it's not because it's not just about oh you're a goalkeeper coach i I think you have a perspective behind there and and so often in a game you know you're not you're not actively involved at times in the game so there's always a chance where you're you're moving your angle you're trying to adjust other people's angles and you're always kind of coaching from that position in the back line uh, the whole game to begin with. Now, sometimes when you're playing in front of 50, 60, 70,000 people where you would like to do a lot more coaching, but they can't hear you anyway. <laughs> so there's no point in, in screaming at them anymore. But, but a lot of times you are, you're, you're constantly kind of looking to see where something could break down, where you could move somebody to, to alleviate the chance that you're going to have to make a save. Because look, if I can do that, if I can, if I can just move some guys around and stop myself from having to make a save, that's equally as important True. as making the save itself. So Absolutely. I think you kind of see things in a different way. The funny thing, what I did find out was, at the times when I have done coaching and I wanted to, to kind of look at you know how the team was playing. A lot of times I would go stand back in my normal position and just kind of watch it from from a goalkeeper's perspective, and and it gave me kind of what I needed to see the match, and I try to in similar ways do that when I'm calling a game is just kind of look at it from a goalkeeper's perspective and which obviously I have the most experience at and, and analyze it that way. That's awesome, no doubt. And speaking of awesome, Casey, we do have a great matchup tomorrow, of course, the second of the semifinals. Who will play France? Croatia has been magnificent. England's been equally magnificent. Certainly two teams have had great tournaments no matter what happens tomorrow. How do you see these two as a matchup together? Well, I think the tricky thing right now is you see how much extra time Croatia's had to play. You watch yeah. the the end of the match the other day and they were dead on their feet. And, you know, there's some issues with Mandzukic and and uh and I know they're going to have some fitness issues, you know, throughout the, the pitch. Now if they are and that it maybe if that's over exaggerated, if it if maybe they're not as tired as they seemed and and Rakitic and Modric can control midfield, then I think England might be in for a tough task. England just looked look, they look fresher. They look they look like they're a team that's destined to make it to the final. So either way, I think you've had two teams that have that have I think lived up to their expectation. I think England have overachieved more than than Croatia. But I really believe that regardless of those two teams, and look, you know, how many years I played in England, and you know my kids have British passports, and I know my daughter's rooting like crazy for for England to nice. to win this thing. But I really think that 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 France have to be the favorites. But uh, I'm just looking forward to a great game tomorrow, and and once again, just a you know two teams that deserve deservedly are in that semifinal, and whoever can 
perform on the day, then so be it. Well, we love his work on ESPN FC and ESPN. Casey, always a pleasure to talk to you and break down the games. Thanks so much for taking the time. Anytime. Casey Keller, we appreciate him taking the time. One of the U.S. greats of all time, goalkeeper Casey Keller. Again, check his work out at ESPN FC and ESPN. Coming up, Mike Trudell will join me here on Soccer Tonight. I'm Dave Denholm. You are listening to ESPN LA 710. Soccer Tonight, Dave Denholm hanging out with you here on ESPN LA 710, breaking down and working up everything about this fantastic World Cup. That has been the thought of just about everybody, right? This is one of the best. I know everybody likes to say this is the best. Remember how the Olympics, they always, after every Olympics, the dude who ran the uh, Olympic Committee would come up and say, this has been the best Olympics ever. Well, look, it's not about that, in my estimation. This has been a fantastic World Cup. Who cares where it lies in terms of, ooh, it's the best or it's the second best. It's been awesome. It's all that matters. And it's going to continue to be here up until that final coming up on Sunday. Don't forget, we've got Soccer Weekly and Soccer Tonight tomorrow. 7 o'clock Pacific time with Soccer Weekly, 8 o'clock with Soccer Tonight, as we'll break down this Croatia-England game after it happens. That comes up tomorrow. And then on the uh, the day of the final, we've got the big final coming up from Moscow on Sunday, early game, 8, p- or 8 a.m. kickoff local time. We'll have Soccer Tonight at 11 a.m. that morning, just in case there's a little stoppage time. You know, they planned it out appropriately. 11 a.m. on Sunday is the final Soccer Tonight as we wrap up that final and the whole World Cup. France knows they're there to try to win another World Cup. Croatia and England are trying to get back to the semifinals. Croatia, of course, was in the semi or back to the final. Croatia was in the semifinals, came third in the 1998 World Cup, the one that France won. And England hasn't been to, I don't think they've been to a semifinal in a long time. It's got to be close to like what? Yeah, 1990. That's right. So uh, 20 plus 28 years for England. It's been a long time for both these teams. And we'll see who's going to make it. One of them is going to play France. We know that. Now, as I look at Croatia and England, I don't believe anybody was in yellow card peril where it, where it translated over to this game. I think everybody's ready to go, if I'm not mistaken, with these two sides. Mike Trudell and I talked about it just a few minutes ago. I love these two teams. Make no mistake. I'm slightly edging towards Croatia, just like Mike was kind of favoring and picked England. But both of us acknowledge, of course, these two teams are loaded. They're both very good. I, I'm going to break down the positions, and Mike and I talked about individuals and, and some of the positions, but I want to take a look at this. If we're talking about goalkeeper, Pickford's been magnificent for England. Subasic has been just as good or better for Croatia, right? That's almost a draw. Everybody's been high on Pickford, rightfully so. Subasic has had a magnificent tournament, and he is a very tough keeper. He is so steady and solid. Pickford, 24 years old. He's been through, you know, a lot in the premiership. He's perfectly, I don't care about the age. He is perfectly fine. Doesn't matter if he's 24, 34, whatever. You play like this, you're doing fine. I think it's kind of a wash. If it gets to penalties, they both had success in PKs, right? So I think that's almost a wash. I'm going to go ahead and call that even at, at keeper. If you made me choose one and said you cannot have it as a tie, then I would go slightly for Subasic. If I had to pick a guy that I'm building my team around in goal, but I would not be a, have a problem with anybody picking Pickford. So, again, I'm going to wash. Defensively is where this one gets very interesting, I think. Look, Versalco, um, Dejan Lovren, Domogoy Vida, of course, who also scored a goal, Pivaric. Croatia's rock solid. They're veterans, and they've played well. Now, the backups, a little younger, certainly have some talent. Tinjedvai comes to mind. 
good player. Uh, England's going, you know, relatively experienced, certainly in the back, for sure. They're not, like, lacking experience in the back. So I don't have a problem. You know, Harry Maguire's he feels younger than he is, really, if you really think about it. He looks young, feels a little bit younger. Stones has been around forever. He's only 24. I think he's the youngest out of all of them. Plenty of experience there for England, too. If I'm picking, I'm going to give a slight edge, positionally and tactically, slightly to England defensively. I still think Croatia can be had a little bit defensively. Harry uh, Kane could have a big game. He's going to have to, but I think he could. Slight advantage to England on the de- in the, in the uh, defense. Midfield, wow. I mean, take nothing away from England. The players, they've been playing fine, without a doubt, no doubt. I have no problem with how they're playing in the midfield. Deli Ali, I know he had a little bit of a rough time, gets the goal. That'll certainly help. Lingard, Henderson, Dyer, no trouble. Ruben Loftus-Cheek, they're fine, right? And I know they don't have like a whole load of guys listed as midfielders or whatever. The midfield's been fine. But, of course, I've got to give the advantage to Croatia. If they can keep the ball in the midfield, meaning that England's not bypassing it or England's not just absolutely overrunning them through the mid, Rakitic, Modric, I don't think they're going to have any trouble. Kovacic, too many weapons there. They have them. Even Brozovic, I like too. They have the advantage in the midfield, without a doubt. That has been a, that's like a plus plus for Croatia against England. And at the forward spot, I give a slight edge to England with Harry Kane. Bottom line, I know Raheem Sterling takes a lot of grief. He's been playing pretty well. You can bring in a guy like Jamie Vardy, Marcus Rashford, of course. Look, there's some weapons there. Mandzukic is fine. He's very good. Wouldn't surprise me if he goes out and has a good game tomorrow and scores a goal. Of course not. Perisic, he's tough. Kramerich. I mean, it's not like Croatia's devoid. That's the thing about these two teams. As I tell you, one you know, position is slightly better than the other. It doesn't mean the other team's weak at that position. There are no weaknesses on these two teams. You don't get to the semifinals the way these two have played with weaknesses, like flat out, ooh, that's a weakness. No. These are both great teams. They're both put together well. They're both being coached well. They're fine. Slight edges here and there. That's all you can see, realistically. So, again, goalkeeper's a draw. England gets a slight edge for me defensively, man by man. Midfield goes to Croatia. Pretty pretty good advantage there, like in terms of these matchups. But England's midfield's fine. They could actually have a very good game. Wouldn't surprise me. Forwards, you give the edge to England. Certainly Croatia could do damage there, though, too. How does it all come out, then? I still feel it goes down to that midfield. Look, the tempo has to be there. The problem with Modric and Rakitic, as good as they are and as smooth as they are, sometimes the tempo is not there where you would expect more, frankly. Not that they're not playing well, but you just expect them to kind of put their stamp on the game even more. They have to do that tomorrow. Have to. If Modric and Rakitic are just good or solid, England's got a real good chance to win. Modric and Rakitic have to put their stamp on this game. It's their game. they got to grab it by the back of the neck. If they do that, and it's why I'm picking Croatia, I think they will, Croatia will win. And I am going to go slightly with the Croats in this one. They are very good. England's very good. Again, we're talking about razor-thin edges here. Hit me up on Twitter, even after the show, at TalkSoccer. 
You want to continue the conversation, do that. I want to bring in the great Mario Rees, the, the producer of this show, as well as the producer of Soccer Weekly. Don't forget, coming up tomorrow at 7 o'clock, Soccer Weekly, then at 8 p.m. Pacific time, it'll be soccer tonight. Mario, what's your thoughts going into this? These uh, We're almost done here. How's this World man, Cup been treating you, man? It's been a beautiful tournament, hasn't it, Dave? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Every day we wake up to a few games, a couple games. Uh, it's been beautiful, and it's almost coming to an end. I know. And it's, it's kind of bittersweet, right? I mean, you were talking about it earlier. It is this Sunday, man. I'm excited, but but no more World Cup after that. What do you think about these teams that are in here? You know, including Belgium today. Of course, they lost. They'll go to the third third place game, Mario. Yeah. What do you think of these France, you know, Belgium, Croatia? These are not like the usual massive right. like size, the Brazils, I mean, we got the England, Germans. who I did not think would get down to the <laughs> final four. I mean, they're they're like what, ranked 12, something like that. Yeah, uh, I mean, they're good, but they're not, good. you know. Yeah, realistically, but, you know, you bring that up, Mario. The United States has done every bit as good as England in the last few World Cup. Really, I mean, it's not like true. You know, England's not like outdistanced the United. In fact, we got out of a group that you know, obviously England. Uh, we played with that in that group and did very well against them and drew a few World Cups ago. And then England couldn't even get out of the group with Costa Rica. So yeah. you know, I mean, it's just. I'm actually uh, surprised how how much of a success the World Cup is here in America, even though yeah. U.S. Men's National Team is not good in the point. tournament. It's but still, people are loving this World Cup. It's just been a, a beautiful World Cup. You know what some of that is too is we don't we don't have the disappointment of the U.S. getting knocked out at a certain time. We're not like overly concerned about the U.S. match, whatever day it is. You know what I mean? True. Like it's, yeah. so it's just like you're just enjoying the games. As crazy as that sounds, now I never want to miss the World Cup again, Mario. Never. <laughs> never. Right? We That's never want sure. that to happen again. Ugh. But in a way, now that it, we've been rolling through it, it's, it was painful, and it still is, certainly, yes, yes. no doubt. But it, in a way, weird way, it's just been like we don't have the stress of the U.S. Yeah, in it either. It's so, been enjoyable. Yeah, it's like you can just, okay, it's uh-huh. not my issue. I don't have to clean up afterwards. I can enjoy this dinner. You know, like, I mean, it's like, okay, that's how it's been. Uh, Mario, always a pleasure, buddy. The great Mario Rees, the producer of this show and, of course, of Soccer Weekly. I am Dave Dunholm. Don't forget, coming up tomorrow, Soccer Weekly at 7, Soccer Tonight at 8. This is Soccer Tonight here on the home of world football, ESPN.